right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Welcome to episode 315 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Today I'm joined by St. Louis KISS Lonnie. What's up? Marcus Almighty Mark. Greetings. And 69th Blizzard, the voice of reason, making his return to the ring. Again. <laughs> get in the ring, get in the ring. Get in the ring, mother. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, nice Guns N' Roses reference there. So, I'm trying to think of any news this week in Kiss World. And there's not, I don't think there's anything Kiss related this week. Or at least nothing that's kind of piqued my radar. Um, yesterday news came of a Target exclusive for Origins Volume 2, which has, I think, three or four minor differences to the artwork, one of which I think is really cool. So I'm going to now be buying that CD in addition to the uh, vinyl and CD pack that I've already ordered, because, uh, you know, I just kind of go that way. And of course, I will then have to buy a version that comes in a jewel case, because I hate digipacks. But... There we are. Um, one of the questions that has been asked on the board is, is E1 overdoing it with all these different flavors mm-hmm. of vinyl? Um, you know, not that anyone has a gun to your head telling you that you have to collect every flavor. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Ken, as probably the resident collector on this episode, you know, or what do you think about all these options that you have? Does it make life not- difficult? Yeah, well, you're not going to believe this, but I have not ordered any of it of oranges. <laughs> oranges. Or, I want to say oranges. Oranges. Oranges, oranges and origins. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I'm i probably going to get the Target CD because um, I like that you know cover and it's inexpensive. But I have not ordered any of the colored vinyl. Um, I'm thinking about the gold and black swirly one um obviously the gold one you know sold out right away Um, but yeah it's it's a lot um but the thing is i think they know some you know e1 obviously that's probably known from the past that people keep buying these things and multiple copies of of the colored vinyl so i don't think they would do it without you know knowing that yeah we're Based on you know history, we're going to get some sales out of this. Yeah, and to be fair, the uh, the blue and white vinyl one that was announced, I think the third U.S. one is going to be the the major market one. So you had the the pure gold come first, and that sold out rapidly. That was impressive how quickly that went. And then it was replaced with the gold and black translucent marbled vinyl. And then they announced the uh, the, the the blue and white one standard edition. Which, I mean, that'll show up in your local record stores. You know, that'll, which, yeah. again, for Origins Volume 1, I was up in a record store in Santa Rosa last week, mm-hmm. and they had a copy of Origins Volume 1 on vinyl, so that is good. Spaceman was in stock in a little record store. And, I mean, That's that looks good. really good as well. Um, mm-hmm. I must say, I'm particular to that grape colored European one. So that that does look good. Lonnie, what's your take on all these different flavors and varieties? I mean, I ordered that first one, that combo pack that came out, the the limited to a thousand, whatever it was. Um, I ordered that right away. I was, and I was hesitant at first and, and I was like, Oh, do I want to do it? Do I not want to do it? And then like, I was just watching TV and I just playing on my phone and said like, Oh, 75% sold out in less than 12 hours. I'm like, crap i better just go ahead and do it so you know i ordered it and it's fine you know are they overdoing it i don't know because i it seems to me that that people are buying them so because they keep saying oh they're selling out of this or selling out of that so i think i think ken's right that they know their market and they know kiss fans they know hey these guys are gonna go buy these guys these guys obviously do not have a problem buying the same music over and over and over again so why not put it out in multiple versions um right out of the gate and you know people are buying it i mean if if they just put out one edition of it how many they probably look at themselves and say well how many of these are we really going to sell 
So if we put out multiple versions of it, you know, we can get a KISS fan to buy three or four or five or however many copies that they think they need to be a completist and satisfy, you know, their needs. So I, I don't have a problem doing it. I'll, I'll order my one that, that I want so I can say I have it and I have a, but I, I don't need every copy of it. But if, if you feel you do need every copy of it, you know, more power to you. Yeah. And, you know, I've ordered the, the combo pack of the gold. And I, I must say, when I saw some of the other colors announced, I was like, hmm, I would have rather had that. So I always figure that if you don't like the color offering, and you notice that they haven't done black yet, of course, uh, you know, just regular, boring, black colored vinyl, that you can find the flavor that you like. You know, it's not like a, a box of Skittles. Actually, those all taste the same, don't they? Uh, Mike and Ike's would probably be a better one because they do taste different. <laughs> But there you go. You get everything that you like. I, I know when I get the combo, I'm giving away that uh, digipack that comes with it because of ordering the Target one, which I like the artwork better from. So I'll keep an LP, give one away. I've got a few extra copies of Spaceman around, so we'll do a, a giveaway around the time where we discuss the whole album and after we've heard all of the songs. Uh, Mark, what's your, your take on it? And thank you for showing everyone the uh, pictures of the different versions uh, while I was prattling on. That's, that's I, I like doing that. It's kind of my contribution to the show. So, um, but yeah, I I think that uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, look, I think Ken made a very good point that I don't think anyone would be making all these different versions if they didn't already have a good idea that they they would sell. Because I mean, nobody wants to get stuck with a you know a thousand boxes of vinyl that they can't move. You know what I mean? Like that. There's nothing worse than that. You know. So, um. Me personally, I also have not ordered anything yet, but I, I explained to this on our uh, East-West Vinyl Analysis episode that me and Ken did just recently, that I'm waiting on, you know, more colors, to be quite honest. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure there's going to be more, you know, so I'm kind of waiting on one that really tickles my fancy, because I do want to buy it. I mean, I got Origins one. I got that, uh, I guess that normal kind of bluish one that they had when it came out. At first, I got that one. But uh, I'm I'm expecting some more colors. I really am, you know. So uh, un until that happens, I'm gonna kind of wait because I mean, you know, the 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 gold one looked nice, but that sold out right away. The blue one looks pretty good, but I'm I'm hoping for a couple of other ones because I liked it when he did the orange one, for example, with the for the other record there. I thought that one looked really nice, and I even liked the picture disc that he did. That kind of looked cool how he did that. So I'm kind of waiting on there you know i'm i'm, I'm looking to see if maybe they might have like, like a like a red or who knows maybe a green or something that'd be odd if he made a green vinyl for this album but uh i, I am actually i'm actually just waiting for a different variation because i am not going to be surprised if they come out with like at least eight I, I i'm i'm expecting that many so because i think it went well the first time around so uh, I'm I'm waiting, but I will get it. You know, even if I just get the CD, because I want to have a copy, a proper copy for when we do the full review of the album. Yeah, fair enough. So just tell me about your recent East West podcast with Ken. What did you guys cover for anyone who hasn't managed to check it out yet and maybe doesn't <laughs> follow you guys? Well, we did a. Well, first we started it off because we mentioned that we were away for like 10 months was like the last time we did an episode. But, uh, you know, many things had happened in between then, including COVID, unfortunately. So, uh, but, you know, we we went and decided to take it easy, do an easy topic. We did uh, debut albums, our favorite debut records, and uh, picked three each and talked about them. And uh, it went really well. Me and Ken seem to do this very, rather smoothly now. We have a good back and forth rapport with this kind of stuff. Thanks to, you know, Julian and having us on here, we've kind of, you know, we, we, we got it all figured out now as far as podcasting goes. So uh, it's going good with that. And I, I think we're going to attempt down the line to do one of our classic album battles where we pick one record each and compare everything from production to al album artwork to all that stuff and see uh, which one we think is a superior record. And then we kind of, you know, do like a round robin and then other records will face each other. So it's kind of cool and we're having fun doing it again. Nice. Lonnie, what's your favorite debut of all time? Appetite for Destruction. Come on now. That wasn't there their debut. Go. Live Like and Suicide was their debut. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to say that. You're all. You're I, all I was, re I you're was all ready to ambush ready to you. There we you go. You had it on the holster ready to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm, what's mine? Probably Tesla, Mechanical Resonance, or Night Songs. Cool. 
Yeah. All right. So let's get into some topics. We decided to go to the board this week because, you know what, when I posted that we do a show this Thursday, I didn't do any prep work because I've been been on call, been too busy. And this was a late edition. So let's start with... um, the best of Gene Simmons, 1983 to 1992. What are some of your mm. picks that you would assign to the demon as him particularly shining on in that period? And we won't talk about his wigs. Uh, we'll talk <laughs> about his music. And um, let's start with you, Mr. Ken. Okay. Yeah, since I brought it up, I saw this topic yeah, on the on the board. Um, and some people, well, the first person that put it out was uh had like 10 picks okay um though i know julian you teased me and said you 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 could only pick three songs from the whole period <laughs> um i was like okay um but uh my picks and not in partic- any particular order i have 12 picks and obviously it's the what was the date range? <laughs> it's the uh, 93 uh, to 92. 83, 83 to 92. Um, and so I started off, obviously, with the Lick It Up uh, album. And so Not For The Innocent, Fits Like A Glove, Dance All Over Your Face, and On The Eighth Day. And I, I like all those songs. I really do. Um, and I, I actually chose off Animalize, Burn, Bitch, Burn. <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I like, I don't know, I just like, I like the, you know, more, more, it's more about the music on that one than obviously the lyrics, because um, I like the groove of that one. Uh, then Trial by Fire and Secretly Cruel from Asylum, and then uh, Hell or High Water from Crazy Nights, uh, Betrayed from um, Hot in the Shade, and then from uh, Revenge, Unholy, Domino, and Thou shalt not, shalt not. Um, and those are 12 songs that I picked. I think, for me, well, they're all great, for me. That's pretty much his contributions in the unmasked period that Paul allowed on the albums. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> yeah. That's right, the ones that Paul allowed. I think he only left two songs off, so uh, both, <laughs> on, anyhow, both on uh, Hot in the Shade. Oh, there's more than two. Yeah. There's more than two. Yeah, it, it's just this this whole period was not one, uh, you know, uh, where I think Gene particularly shone, at least until 1992. I would agree with you musically about Burn, Bitch, Burn. And I think that is far better musically than lyrically. Um, but again, it just shows how rushed mm-hmm. that maybe he never got past searching for a melody because of uh, running off to do Runaway. So, <laughs> so, so that's a good one. But I also think from the vault that we find that there's a lot of really good Gene songs that never got anywhere near Kiss albums um, for for whatever reason, probably because Paul was in the captain's chair, you know, promised the moon. Why that ever went to black and blue to not use when that was actually one of, I think, his most effective recycles of earlier material absolutely stuns me. Mark, what about you for going through the unoriginal era with best of gene simmons well i mean i kind of made a joke too on that little thread that i said that really there was that many good songs to pick from but um it's the same thing though that kind of what julian said i think that uh gene's strongest material was in the earlier span of their career obviously i think at this point he was kind of checked out and whatever was on the records were probably not some of his best work but i find that a lot of the songs that I that immediately came to me were from Revenge. I mean, I think Thou Shalt Not is a fantastic yeah, song. He's nodding his head. Yeah. You know, <laughs> same with guy. same with Paralyzed is fantastic. I think that's a great song. You know, obviously Unholy, you know. But I mean Unholy I was always kind of, you know, unsure about picking, mainly because of the fact I I'm wondering how much of that is actually him as far as writing. I mean it, it's a lot of Vinny, right? I mean how much sure. of that is really Gene, right? So, um, but I mean, there's other songs that obviously he w- did very well. I mean, Lick It Up, I think, is probably the last record from that, from this period that he had a lot of contributions in. I mean, you know, he had like tons of songs on there that you could have picked on. But I mean, you know, Not For The Innocent, I think, is good from that album. Uh, but I mean, I'm also a big Asylum guy, so I love Anyway Slice It is good, you know, uh I think Secretly Cruel is okay. 
you know, it's not too bad. It, but again, you know, you don't have too much to to pick from on here, right? You know, trial by fire is good, right? Uh, but you know, it's as you get later into the records. I mean, especially when you start getting to around, you know, like uh, hot in the shade. It's you know, slim pickings there. I mean, as far as good songs, right? So, but I mean, I think the one song that I think that was surprisingly good, or at least that I liked, was Hell or High Water. I thought that was a pretty good song, too. And uh, not again, not in one of his better periods. Is that it? You done? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's it. Well, Lonnie, you're just going to have to make up and really go to town mm-hmm. on this topic. Go for it. Well, I don't think I don't think it's fair to include revenge in this topic. Obviously, to start off with, number one, because the best the best gene material is on revenge, and I and I you know we've talked about the '80s and the unmasked period quite a bit, and I and I as much as you guys, much as we talk revenge on the show, I think we we usually agree a lot of the times that the gene stuff on revenge is really good, and it was Gene rededicating himself to the band and to his and to his craft so obviously those songs on revenge you know i would have to, if you're if you're gonna include 92 in this list would have to be included with unholy with domino with paralyzed with thou shall not and i'll throw spit in there as well um i know julian's ragged on spit on this show in the past he's not a fan but i have to throw spit in there as well i, I think it's a fun song and if mitch was on here he'd agree with me too but um <laughs> I would throw not in, I would, but I, but those songs aside, because um, I'm obviously I'm gonna throw I'm gonna pick all of those. But I really like not for the innocent, obviously, and uh, no one has mentioned loves a deadly weapon as much as mm. I love that song actually, and it's, it's a silent and it's a silent pick. So um, I think that's that's my favorite Gene song on a silent is loves a deadly weapon. Um, and I like betrayed on on hot in the shade. Hot in the shade doesn't get much love, but I. I do like Betrayed. I was always curious why that wasn't a single back in the day. I thought that if you were going to make a, a Gene single of any kind for a change, you know, but I think Betrayed would have worked um, as a single up Hot in the Shade just for, it's one of the, I mean, there's not a whole lot to, you know, well, I guess there is a whole lot to choose from off of Hot in the Shade because that's one of the biggest problems with Hot in the Shade <laughs> is that there's too much to choose from. <laughs> but I, th- I think you could have, you know, picked that as a, as a single. So, I think a more interesting topic for me, I think a more interesting topic would have been, you know, the best of gene between 83 and 90 and throw out those revenge songs. Cause I, you know, we've all Mark's mentioned revenge, Ken's mentioned revenge um, to throw those out and then try to deposit, compile a list. I think it would be a lot harder. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to raise you on that and say, get rid of wow. both bookends. And no picks allowed yeah. from Lick It Up. No picks allowed from Revenge either. <laughs> yeah, you know? there you go. Now, wow. now, now, now you're so just like, now, so now like you're two talking. songs. Well, no, I'm going to have to use his uh, his vaults uh, and use nope. those songs. No, no, no vault, nope. no, no vault, and none of the bands <laughs> that he produced and gave away materials. So no Keel, no EZO, no Black and Blue. Yo Williams. No. Wow. No Williams. No. Yeah, no her. All right, so where do I start with the best of Gene Simmons? Lick lick it up. It's not difficult because he's got some really outstanding material on that album, without a doubt. Uh, Not for the Innocence already been mentioned. Fits like a glove. um, You know, would be the two that really stand out immediately. On Animalize, I, I think you need to give him a little bit of love on that album. You know, maybe the gold star for effort um, and blame it all on Paul for, you know, not making, not allowing it to be fixed. But I've always been partial to uh, Murder in High Heels. There's just something about the swing to that song that I do dig. And yes, everything is very unrefined. Everything is all a little bit of phoned in with Gene's stuff on that album. But I also agree with the sentiment that a lot of the music is better than the finished product really represents. Asylum. Um, There's really only one song of Gene's on that album that I will give kudos to, and that is Secretly Cruel. Um, Really? That's it? 
Yeah. And you're, and, and, you're, and this is your. I know this is your favorite, like. Yeah, like, but your... but when you're talking about the best of Gene Simmons, mm-hmm. 1983 to 92, I want to leave room to talk about some stuff. Hello, High Water has already been mentioned, and that really yeah. is probably his, uh, you know, best song on Crazy Nights. Moving on to Hot in the Shade, Betrayed's been mentioned already, which I agree with, and also The Street Giveth. And the street taketh away. Yeah, that's really like that song and Cadillac yeah. Dreams. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. it's got got a little bit more swing to it as a song, a little bit out of the box, out of the usual sort of Kiss style, and and it stands out. Is it an excellent song? No, but we're talking about Gene Simmons in the 1980s mm-hmm. here, so I think it fits into my list quite nicely. Um, Revenge, straight up, I'll go right for Paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Before anything else um, today, of course, because things do change. <laughs> and then I, th- I think I will go with Unholy. I don't care how much is Vinny, um, which, by the way, happy birthday, Vinny. It, it's more mm-hmm. a matter of Gene's vocal mm-hmm. on that is absolutely, you know, yeah. a, a, again, it, it really sets the tone for the album it sets so many different things with bruce's guitar work coming together again vinnie's an important part of what made that song fantastic and of course i think vinnie was responsible for the album title as well so that, we don't need to be afraid of mentioning vinnie making the song great or bruce executing it fantastically or bob ezrin nailing the production on it that's a gene song through and through that was like deuce 2.0 for a new generation of Kiss fans, so mm-hmm. you know that that that's really it. There's there's not much more off Revenge that I really think fits into being the very best of Gene through this period. Certainly not Spit, ever. <laughs> I know you just, I know you just, I know you. Especially at MTV Unplugged, just morally mm-hmm. reprehensible decisions these guys make. Yeah, let's do Spit acoustically. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> Right. Disappointing today. <laughs> hey, I've been nice about revenge today. You have. Yeah. <laughs> I should get. I should get like a cookie. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Um, and and Ken, thank you for doing all the legwork and coming up with the topics that we're going to discuss today. So I'm just making that very clear that uh, if anyone has any issue with these topics, Ken. it's all his. Ken actually did show prep. <laughs> <laughs> Ken did the work. We're just we just show up here. All right. So, are we already see what it's like when the band decides to call it a day and actually hangs up their cod pieces? Is, I mean, we're in a very weird period during COVID. Everyone's like gotten through the shock of being in a pandemic situation. Is back to fighting about everything under the sun, including the band. You know, forget all that stuff outside music. You know that people are fighting about. Now people are really nitpicking the band. Are we seeing how things are going to be for an eternity after the band go off into the sunset, or do you have a rosier outlook? And Ken, I'm not going to you first. I'm going to Lonnie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think we are seeing like a, a peek behind the curtain of what it's going to be like um, when the band does call it a day when it's when you know when they've played their their last song when they've played rock and roll night for the last time and walk off the stage i I think we are seeing um a little bit of what it's going to be like i think you know like like other retired bands like like you know just say like the beatles for example the beatles still put up um different collectible box sets and and things like that and, and remain in the public eye and remain relevant and i and i think kiss um will be on track to do to do the same i think we're you know see you know we're seeing these different colored vinyls you know oh we're re-releasing like these classic t-shirts things like that i think that's really what we're gonna see that's how that's how kiss is going to exist moving forward they're still going to release product i mean it's kiss it's just like the beatles i mean it how how can you not i mean because you're gonna you can make you can still make money off it and this is a America, so why not try to continue to make as much money as you possibly can off of something? So I, I think we are seeing what it's going to be like, um, and and we did see what it 
was like to a certain extent 20 years ago. I mean, Kiss had basically retired after that Australian tour in 2001. Well, what did we get after that? Well, we got the box set in November of 2001. Um, we got the very best of Kiss in 2002. They continued to put out product. So I think, you know, looking back at that, we can look forward and say, yeah, this is exactly what we're going to get because um, they've they've already shown us what we're what we're going to get. So I think, and I don't have a problem with it. So I mean, I, I, I don't know why. You know, if you don't if you don't like it, don't don't buy the colored vinyl. So and I think it's exactly what what we're going to have moving forward. And in two thousand and three, we had asshole. Two thousand four. Oh yeah, two thousand three was symphony. Duh. Um, there we go. So, yeah, I think the point the point with uh, the box set and, uh, you know, the very best of Kiss, the very best of Kiss has done incredibly well. I mean, that's essentially a platinum album now. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely, really? yeah, that is absolutely amazing. It did finally go gold, but in SoundScan, it was at over 800,000, which is incredible. And what was it, 2003, the first Millennium collection, I think, came out mm-hmm. uh, around the time, and that went gold eventually so you know again i I think the key thing is in the future it's going to become merchandise centric obviously duh it's kiss but i think there are a lot of golden opportunities and i can't wait to see what they do come up with will i like a lot of it probably not but i've never liked a lot of it anyway you know i've been able to be very selective on the things that i do support and buy so dolls more dolls Hey, you know, if that flips people, well, what, what's what's the new one? It. Is that Funko? The soda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I yeah. think I saw that, but I, I just don't pay any attention to it. It makes me very bad as a, you know, as a reporter of fact. <clears throat> I'm so biased in my dislike of so much merchandise that I'm not able to report on it. Mark, what do you see in the future? Um, and do you think now is a good representation of it? And if so, do you like now? <clears throat> well... Um, I am very curious, to be honest. I mean, I think right now is a not, I don't think it would be a total accurate thing, because I think in the back of their minds, they're thinking that they're going to resolve this and finish it up. You know what I mean? I, I, I think in, the, in their heads, there is going to be a conclusion to the end of the road tour and stuff like that. So I don't think that what they would what they would do after it's all wrapped up is being shown right now. Because I think that they're waiting to keep that card in their deck until it is actually done, right? Because I keep hearing things here and there that, you know, there's so many things in the works that they, you know, that they're going to do eventually. But, you know, one thing that COVID has done for me, at least, is that I've definitely stepped up my listening of podcasts and listening to a bunch of ones that I maybe didn't listen to very often before. And it's been interesting to hear people who you know, claim to have an ear to the ground with certain things revolving around KISS and that some people have said that, you know, and this is what's one thing that you said before, Julian, as well, is that Universal Music isn't exactly a great partner to work with KISS as far as releasing stuff. In fact, I've heard on a podcast, somebody said that Universal Music actually dislikes working with KISS, which would explain why there's very little stuff coming out of that end as far as albums i think they're they're just going for the bare absolute minimum effort that they need to do and that's about it the the doll stuff and all those funko things i think that's nothing to do with universal so of course that end of it might continue to flourish and there might be many things coming out you know as far as from what i hear and like i said i mean i don't know if this is fact or not but you know it's, it comes from some people that i've actually you know trust in somewhat uh, as far as information, but uh, I, I think that the vinyl end of it, unless it's somebody that tries to go for a license, you know, like how like the Rockology thing, how they went and, you know got the rights to release stuff, and same with Jason and those guys, how they release some of those Ace things on their own, through their own kind of venture. I think that's going to be your best bet for some really cool vinyl stuff because. According to what I hear, if you're if you're expecting Universal to do it, don't because they they apparently they don't want nothing to do with Kiss. So uh, I think our best bet is to uh, let some other willing participants step up and hopefully try to get licensing 
off Universal to do some nice, cool things. But who knows? I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe when they retire, maybe, you know, they bury the hatchet and extend an olive branch with Universal and something happens and we get all kinds of fantastic things. But, you know, I keep hearing that there's stuff in the works for Kiss coming down the line and a lot of it is not vinyl related. So, you know, let's let's see what it's going to be. And uh, I, I think, though, that once they're actually done, they might, you know, step up and put pressure on getting, you know, a lot more stuff out there. Because I think right now they're just kind of biding their time and waiting until this whole thing kind of simmers down and they allow concerts to start slowly happening and stuff like that and just get... I think they just want to resolve this tour. I think that's their main thing on their list. And then after that, they'll tackle the next thing. Yeah, I I think it's really interesting. You know, again, I, I don't want to even, you know try and figure out what the relationship between kiss as a business and universal as their label is when everything else that comes into play i will say this to be you know completely fair to them they've managed to do dress to kill vinyl unmasked vinyl Mm -hmm. there are cd reissues coming in japan of some titles that have never been officially released on cd um Mm -hmm. You know, Def Leppard and Universal had a notoriously bad relationship, especially over digital music rights, and yet they still managed to release the deluxe editions of Pyromania, which came with a live show of Hysteria, Mm -hmm. which came with all the B-sides, and then Adrenalize, for, for what it's worth. Yeah, um, you know, which again had a plethora of B-side material. So a band's relationship with the label is not necessarily as important as perhaps maybe the label not burning all of the masters. So we don't know how that plays in, uh, you know, the fire universal storage or whether everything had been digitized and, you know, put in the cloud before any of that happened. But I think they've done an actual, actually, to be perfectly fair, I think they've done a pretty good job over the last year of putting out vinyl on a regular basis, does it appeal to me? No. And that's personal preference. That's not that they're not doing it. It's just, you know, doesn't, you know, but, work for, for me. But what I'm trying to get at, I mean, I agree that those things that they're putting out now, they're, they're great. I mean, I did jump in and get the unmasked uh, splatter. I did order. It's one of, the, one of the few times I've actually ordered these kinds of Kiss records of late. Um, but what I'm more thinking of is that, you know, Back to my comment about that they're trying to go in with the bare minimum. I mean, sure, it's easy enough to release this. They have 100,000 leftover album covers that they can just reuse. You know, it's just a matter of them just repressing different colored vinyl for it and just reuse the stuff that's in the warehouse, right? I'm talking about when you're going to a label to commit, like you said, Def Leppard, they had a whole new thing come out, like, you know, with B-sides and live concert that was pressed on vinyl and this and that or on CD or whatever it was. I mean, I'm I want to see something like that coming from Kiss, like how Rush is releasing these albums in deluxe form, you know, DVDs and CDs and vinyl and all this thing, and then big box with the booklet. I mean, those are the things I'm, you know, would be impressed if Universal did. I mean, releasing a record, you know, whether it's a color or a splatter, that's great, but that's hardly impressive in my eyes because I can go do that. You know, that's that's easy. Anybody can go and do that. But release a deluxe set of, you know, The Elder or Creatures of the Night. But who's going to buy that? <coughs> the same well, people I, well, that are buying I'm, this stuff. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, are, do they really want to... I mean, okay. Let's just say The Elder, for example. I mean, sure, the four of us would go out and buy it. And the people who listen to this show would probably go out and buy it. But why make a deluxe edition of an album that never sold well? Does that make well, any sense? Well, the Elder and, was from, just a bus- a, from a business perspective, does that make any sense? Well, that was just zero. like... A, a, a title I just whipped I, out the elder, know. you know. But, the, but, but I mean, mean, that's why though. But the, you know, that's why we're not going to do the elder. Stand I'm, back while I whip out my elder. That's why. <laughs> but that's why they're not going to do creatures either. Creatures didn't sell well. As much as we love creatures, well, they didn't sell. Well. There's legal issues. I mean, around a lot of this this stuff, and we don't know, you know, how that pyromania, for example, that live show. Because Kiss has King Biscuits from January 84, what's it, Nashville, um, you know, which have already kind of been out and are pseudo already legitimized. I think you could pay Wolfgangs to hear that. Well, go back to the tapes on that. 
And then you've got something that goes very well with a Lick It Up Deluxe because you don't have B-sides. You've got the edits uh, for both singles that came out. And that is really it If you go, unless you go back to the demos, which God knows what that means in terms of Mr. Vincent. Uh, the same goes for Creatures of the Night. God knows what all the issues yeah, are around <laughs> all of that surrounding material. Now, what is there that maybe is sitting in a vault somewhere for Creatures? Well... You know, you already know that there's not for the innocent a demo from mm-hmm. August '82, I think. So that's one thing. There's Back the, the si- there's the single edit. There we know that there are the four songs from Killers, which you know has still never had an official release in the U.S. other than as Kisteria vinyl. Um, mm-hmm. So th- there are lots of things you could package a you know Killers up with Creatures since they're all from the same producer from the same era and we're in continuation. So there are ways around, in my mind anyway, a lot of the problems that go with that, where you don't end up with a box set that's like And Justice for All with all these ex, you know, extra shows and whatnot. Uh, Ken, we've got to get you in here. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree with a lot of your points. Um, the uh, point about, you know, what the Beatles are doing, you know, Lottie's point, it's a good point. Uh, the, the only difference there is the Beatles are the Beatles sell a hell of a lot more sure. <laughs> copies of, of merchandise or, or you know music than than Kiss will ever uh, on for all those releases. That's the only thing there. Uh, so I think Universal or whoever has to really pick and choose and put a, a real good package together. Something that's gonna, you know, they thought, okay, this is gonna sell because we have this in it, we have all these things in it, you know, un unreleased stuff, unreleased. If they can find all that unreleased stuff, you know, I think they'll sell it. And as far as the Universal and Kiss and that relationship, and Universal not liking Kiss, um, well, Universal, if you don't like Kiss, you know, sell them back their music, you know, give them back their stuff um, if it's that bad. Um, obviously they're yeah obviously they're making money or or they wouldn't be releasing these continue releasing these uh, albums uh the or these colored vinyls you know um so yeah it, it's the thing i think about is yeah this is kind of i think it's going to be like but i do think that once kiss does that final last show the real last tour i guess show uh, into the road that they're going to release something around then or just after that because it's going to be probably publicized that this is their last big concert and so on and that's it that they're they're done and they'll release something because they can have a they'll be out there you know somehow and they'll be able to put a you know big box set of something out at that time and then that going down the road, yeah, it may be quiet and, and just get a hit and miss kind of stuff. I, I, you know, who knows? I hope they get their act together, whoever it is, whether it's Universal and Kiss or both, uh, to to work as a team to put out some nice box sets that the fans are, you know, hoping, you know, to get down the road. Yeah, I think they need to throw the kitchen sink into the next project, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and to erase some of the ghosts of Destroyer Resurrected and Love Gun Deluxe um, and, and really go all in in order to make something that is absolutely fantastic. Because if it doesn't sell, then they know it's not worth ever doing anything again. again. And KISS yeah. fans can just shut up once and for all and say hey you had your opportunity we put out this fantastic piece of product we addressed everything that you complained about with resurrected everything you complained about with love gun deluxe everything you claim uh, you know complained about the alive box set or kisteria not having this not having that we did it with this thing and you guys obviously are not interested in it so the four guys who do a podcast can just shut up because it's not worth our time uh and you guys are just absolutely unrealistic morons did you say a live did you say a live box set yeah the, remember the alive 75 to 2000 oh that was okay. yeah that, you know that was pretty consider that a no you know, i i do box. because what do you know you're not telling me because it, it came <laughs> yeah, with the like, millennium you know? came with the millennium box that uh the 35th 
anniversary. Yeah, the, the, anyway. whatever it was that came with the Millennium Concert, which at the time was yeah, worth, definitely worth the <laughs> yeah. price of admission, as was the single CD editions of Alive and Alive yeah. 2. So right. that that was an absolute winner. Yeah, the, but that take it off. Too. It was good. Yeah, it's uh, a great point though that you made, Julian, though about the whole thing about the people not buying it. Because I mean, for all the clamoring, and I think that Kiss fans are pretty notorious for this. There's a lot of bickering and bitching, but then when they're given something, you know, they, they stalled on it. You know, it's like that. Now whose fault is that? It's not Universal. That's your fault. Now you didn't buy it. Why would you go out and make another thing now? You know. It's it's, I mean you have to look at it from their end of it as well. I mean sure everybody looks at Universal as the as the bad guy in this, but you know if they're sinking in the money to do it and nobody buys it, just like Lonnie said, I'm not going to go out and do it again to to redo this effort in putting it in and sp- dumping this money into it if nobody's going to go and buy it. You know, it's it's a good point. What would ha- what will happen if the opportunity does arise? Because they're looking now here and seeing that you know Ace's records are selling out within like 24 or whatever 48 hours that one goes out but i mean it's only what a thousand copies that's really not a whole hell of a lot of records really if you think about it right for a band especially of a kiss's stature you know so what what kind of sales would would satisfy a universal corporate guy do they have to sell 2500 copies of a deluxe edition do they have to sell 5000 copies of it because don't forget, Universal Music has a lot of artists, and artists that, believe it or not, some are actually going platinum now in this time period, you know? So when a band like Kiss, who can't sell, you know, maybe 10,000 copies of something, you know, why would they look at look into them when they have an artist that can sell millions now in this time period, right? Yep. Yeah, can't find my unmute button. Yeah. <laughs> and then we come back to the stuff that is boutique. You know, like Rockologist formerly did, like the Kiss My Wax guys have done. You know, what is licensable to put out at a higher price per unit on a smaller scale? Does that get anywhere near the interest or the costs involved Hmm. in licensing not only the material, but the trademarks, the copyrights and God, I mean, I don't even want to know that side of things. So, you know, I, I think give it one last good effort. You know, who is it? Craig Smith, Pots and Sods, posted a wallpaper of all the Paul McCartney boxes that have come mm. out over oh, recent is. years. And I was just staggered to see that amount. And then you think about the Metallica ones. I've not bought a single one of those, by the way. Um, you know, just how impressive those are. So I live mm-hmm. in hope, and you know we shall see. I, and if Kiss fans don't buy it, then Stop. shut up. Yeah, exactly. You know I I get it with the ones that we've had in the past. You know, Destroyer Resurrected was not as was hoped it would be. But come on, Sweet Pain with Ace's original solo, that was you know pretty cool. But mm-hmm. I I still think that should have been on a single rather than, you know, calling it resurrected and having Bob Tinker around with it and edit it. And, you mm-hmm. know, Love Gun was just lost the plot what's you know, completely. But there we are, you know, and uh, I, I guess the rest of the fans spoke as well. All right, let's move on into another one of these. Uh, <clears throat> will you or the Kiss Army lose interest once it really is over? I mean, what do you see happening? I keep hearing the Beatles mention that but the Kiss, Kiss are no Beatles. The Beatles were still having number one albums decades after John Lennon was dead. So there is no comparing it. Um, Mark, start with you. Um, It's interesting because I think it all depends on what comes out. You know, like what we're talking about now, what comes out when this starts winding down? Because will I lose interest in it? I mean, right now, my interest in KISS is not as high as it was maybe, let's say, five years ago, okay? When they when they were, a, you know, an entity that could or should have still released more studio records besides Monster and Sonic Boom. I think that they still had it in them to release some more stuff, but we didn't get it. But now that we know that it's really coming to an end, you know, 
that's when usually most people's interests slowly start disappearing because unless they really open the floodgates and start giving us tons and tons of stuff that we didn't expect to see, then I think it's just natural for people's interest to kind of, you know, dwindle down a little bit, you know? I mean, my, for example, my love and interest in Rush has always been very high. When Neil Peer died, that kind of dropped my momentum in them because I knew that the any chance of them saying, okay, we're going to reunite and just do one more batch of shows at Radio City Music Hall or something, it's never going to happen. Because if there's one thing that I do kind of believe is when Getty and Alex say that they're never going to play a show under the moniker of Rush because Neil's no longer with us, I believe them. You know, I don't care how much Mark, Mike Portnoy is praying with a rosary in the corner saying, please just pick me. I can do Neil, no problem. And we can go out and do a tour with us three. It ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? Even though he's he probably do a good job. You know, he's a great drummer. Right. But I just don't. They, they're very loyal. You know, this is a band that was together for like 40 plus years and never changed a member once in that band, except for obviously Rutsy. But, you know, that's long, long in the history. But, you know. Even that, you know, that kind of made me drop my interest in it. And what's kept it is that they're putting out these, you know, Farewell the King's box that the Hemisphere's box came out. The Permanent Waves one came out, you know. So there's always hope that something's going to come out. I mean, the Beatles thing is a great example, too, because now they're doing with this thing with Giles where he's remixing some of these classic albums and they're releasing in all these different formats. as a simple CD one for people who can't afford the stuff to a double disc one, to a four album, to like a six album. Like there's all kinds of things that you can get, right? So I think my interest will be determined by what comes out. Yeah. Lonnie. Um, you know, I, I don't think my interest is going gonna, is gonna to wane too much when when they finally call it a day. I, you know, I, I think I'll still collect, you know, I, I think there, there'll, there'll always be some kind of Kiss trinket or Kiss merchandise that I, that I want, whether it's, whether it's a new release item or whether it's something that I, that I never got, you know what I mean? There, you know, there's still stuff from the seventies that, that I don't have or stuff, maybe some Spencer crap might just, <laughs> oh, I want that all of a sudden. I, I never did buy that. You know what I mean? I think, I think that will always be there. And I and I say and I feel confident in saying that in the fact that I've always loved Kiss. I don't re- ever remember not loving Kiss and not wanting more Kiss stuff. I've always want. I've ne- I've never been in a place in my life where I don't want more Kiss stuff. Hmm. I I've always wanted Kiss stuff since, since the time I was a little little kid. Um, and that's and that's before Revenge came out or anything. Is my my brother had Creatures and Destroyer. That's what turned me on to him in the beginning. So I've always wanted more Kiss albums and more Kiss things. And you know when the I, again when the farewell tour you know, was came to a close, whatever came to a close. I never really had a final show back in '01. I still kept on collecting you know I, mm. I i want this variant of this album i never did get it i want these dolls that i didn't buy you know i want whatever i i, I still think i'm always going to collect kiss has my has my interest in kiss you know gone up and gone down during my lifetime sure absolutely it has just like anything else in, in life you're you know you're you're into something a little bit more at times and you're into something else a little bit more at times so I, th- I think there'll be times that I'm that I'm not into it as much, and I think there'll be other times where I get back into it for whatever reason. So I don't see that changing when Kiss plays their final show. I think I'll always be into it, and you know, I mean, I'm kind of stuck with them too. I have their names tattooed on my legs. So I, I really don't think it's going to be able to. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get to get rid of it. So. Gene Simmons approves Lonnie's message. <laughs> Ken, how about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, like Lonnie said, I mean, I've never lost interest. Uh, there's been some points where maybe I kind of wasn't paying enough attention uh, as or as much attention as I used to um, here and there. But, uh, you know, I want them to be I want the thing is I want to get excited about something they're doing. 
Uh, and it used to be that way with, you know, you know, new music that, that gets me, you know, real excited and, and touring and, you know, touring, coming around touring and being, you know, being able to go out there and, and see them in, in concert. Those are the real exciting things for me that get all started. But then, uh, if they stop that, um, well, obviously they already stopped the new music, uh, the, the touring, uh, that's you know what they're gonna do they're gonna have to to keep the excitement of our us older fans out there that we can just keep getting older and older um they're gonna have to you know do some cool stuff to keep some excitement out you know going uh again i don't think they're gonna do i really don't think kiss 2.0 is gonna happen um at this point it doesn't to me, it doesn't make sense. They could try it, but I don't think so. Um, and a lot of the fans, as they're getting older, um, yeah, there are some Kiss fans, you know, the children of, you know, older fans are, are have become Kiss fans and so on. But a lot of those are because, you know, there's been new music or they've been taken to concerts and gotten into it that way. Um, I don't know how much they're going to, you know, gain new fans after they hang it up um, as as part of the younger crowd. Yeah, they put out more Scooby-Doo movies or whatever. Um, I don't know how much that really builds a fan base um, compared to going out and actually seeing them live or something like that. Um, so otherwise, I, I keep myself, you know, they're gone. There's nothing coming out. I go back to the music. I'll go back to my bootleg videos or Kissology, all that stuff, and enjoy it because that I'll always enjoy. I, which to this day I still, you know, I go. Oh, I feel like you know watching you know Winterland '75 or whatever. Um, it's always good. It's always good, and I always enjoy it. So that's all you can do. Yep, I'm not worried. You know about what happens. I'm not worried. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever happens, happens. You know, I will settle for being alive when they've quit, you know, and finding out what happens and and just see it. You know, everything else is going to be a bonus. I listened to a bunch of Kiss shows in the past week and I just sat there enjoying the living daylights out of just listening to them. No project associated with them. No writing. No research. No reason. I was listening to these because I wanted to. And I was going back. I was hitting. I got to one song. And I was like, go back. I want to hear that again. Go back. I I listened to this one song nine times. I hit repeat after it ended. (laughs) And it was like nine minutes. The the track. And I just didn't move. I was enthralled by that at that moment. And to know that I've got, you know, thousands of tapes and CDs that I've never really listened to. All those days that or years that I collected back when I lived in England and Scotland. And I'd get all this stuff in by mail. I've got this big box of cassettes I've been, you know, starting to work on again. Um you know, that I, I bought a couple of years ago that I've just been sitting on my desk not doing anything with. I've got so much stuff to go through and to rip to digital to put up in my cloud and to see if it's worth keeping or delete and chuck the CD or cassette or whatever to keep me occupied and entertained. And, you know, one of the shows I was listening to was really pretty dire in terms of its audio fidelity, but in terms of its performance was absolutely spectacular. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm not worried about what the band may do, what the fans may do. Does the FAQ exist? I don't care. As a fan, I'm pretty sure I can find a way to entertain myself and enjoy maybe some of the things that I've missed while I've been focused on running a site and doing this and that over the years Mm -hmm. while it was all still going on. So, Can we ask what song you played nine times in a row? Give me more. Oh, with, really? With Vinny. Oh, my God. It was, yeah, it was spectacular. Nice. Yeah. 
absolutely spectacular just hearing him ring the living daylights out of that I neck. Saw that. <laughs> you saw that. I hate you. But that you know that's you know, so that's much. a good <laughs> point though that you brought up. <laughs> just he just deadpans it. Uh, you I know, saw the that. Th- <laughs> He's like Julian. Yeah, I saw that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Here's the T-shirt. I saw creatures three nights in a row, wherever the hell it was. <laughs> okay, Mark, continue with your thoughts. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was just going to say that one thing that Kiss does have a big advantage of, though, is that there's a lot of lot of bootleg stuff out there. And if there's one thing that Kiss definitely does have is a lot of bootlegger people who can make these packages that Universal's not making. Like some of these live packages that come out are just spectacular that came out. Some of these unmasked tour ones are really nice. And some of the creatures ones that they did, like there's so many really fantastic packages that are made by these, you know, people who shouldn't be doing them. But, you know, they're filling a void that's obviously there because I see a lot of people now more and more posting that they have this stuff, you know, and that they enjoy listening to it and collecting them because maybe some of the audio wasn't the greatest, but the things that they include in this stuff, like the posters and books that they make from this stuff, it's just incredible. Like some of these people should seriously consider making a proper legit label, you know, and getting into doing this because they do a really good job. Well, and have to pay the artists? God forbid. Well, no, I'm just saying that they enjoy if they enjoy doing if they enjoy doing those kind of things, you know, maybe start a label and look for you know new bands and help yeah, start no. you know that because if people start people like doing those kinds of things. It doesn't have to be with Kiss stuff. I mean, just with another band. I mean, because some of these people are really good at doing these kinds of things. You know. No, I I agree. They do fit a niche that isn't being met elsewhere, and mm-hmm. you know, I've just kind of avoided an argument that I've made about the quality of some of the shows by just saying that I've enjoyed, you know, listening to a, a, a recording that wasn't, you know, the greatest quality because the performance was good. So yeah, you know, you're absolutely right, Mark. And who knows, you know, what we're going to see, you know, happening before we wrap up today, I want to just draw everyone's attention to a podcast that just came out. It's a video. I think I don't, not sure if there's an audio version of it, but, um, it's the making of the Kiss album artwork, uh, chapter one, alive, uh, artist Claudio Bergman, who is actually well known for doing the cover for Judas Priest's firepower album interviews, Dennis Woolock. Mm. So you have an artist, uh, and a really cool guy interview, uh, interviewing a artist and a really cool guy. Um, and hopefully we'll get to hear a lot more episodes of that. I stickied that on the Kiss Epic You message board if you want to know where to find that show to give it a, a watch. I'm going to be watching it this afternoon as well. But it's just a, a, you know another really cool spin on topics that have been done many times. Obviously, um, Dennis has been on a lot of shows uh, regularly. Mm-hmm on a destroyer podcast but yes. this is this is an artist a uh, professional artist interviewing another professional artist which i think should give a very interesting perspective just like when musicians talk to one another and are mm-hmm. able to you know connect yeah. on a similar level so do check that out look forward to hearing everyone's you know opinions of that mm-hmm. and how it did and do post on the FAQ what you thought of it because i'm sure word can get back to um you know, those involved in that podcast, uh, you know, what you thought about it. And it's always nice if you enjoyed it to let them know that you did. So, uh, you know, it's, it's always appreciated feedback, positive and negative. All right, yes. Ken, I think that's enough of your topics for one week. That's enough too much. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> oh, great job. I mean, that was, that was really fun to get into. And, you know, as always, we went in areas and directions that I didn't, you know, think, would happen. I didn't do any preparation for my gene picks. It's all straight from my heart today. Oh, yes. <laughs> all right. So that's it for today. Happy birthday again, Mr. Vinny Vincent. Um, he has now announced, of course, his uh, shows for, I think, October. At, uh, well, only if you're a, me- a member of his special group. So there you are. <clears throat> I'm not, I guess. So. I'm, I'm not, but I, I'm, I'm just not in the mood to travel at the moment. I may have to go to England. Nashville? Where is it? Where is yeah. it? Yeah, it's Nashville. Okay. Which I would love to go to Nashville, and I'm 
kind of really? bummed not to be there in August for Rock and Pod, but it is so yeah. freaking hot at this time of year in Nashville. It is hot. Yeah. All right. So there we are. Uh, from Mark, from Lonnie, from Ken and myself. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time on the Kiss FAQ podcast. Bye now. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.